Hey everybody, we have an awesome interview for you today. Matt sits down with songwriter and worship leader John Egan, and they talk about how to avoid comparison as a worship leader. They get into a ton of stuff today that I found really encouraging, and we hope you do too. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com, coming to you from a basement in Chicago. And today, I've got a really, really special guest. I'm looking forward to this conversation. John Egan from New Life Worship, New Life Church in Colorado Springs. He's going to be joining us. He's going to be talking to us about a topic that um, I actually heard at a worship conference a couple years ago when he was speaking, and it really impacted me. And I'm like, we've got to get him on the Loop Live show. So I'm really excited to have John here with us. Wherever you're watching from, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, write down in the comments if you've got any questions for John or anything that we're talking about, write down in the comments questions, and we might take some live questions if we've got some good ones. So go ahead and start working on some good questions and uh, we'll take those live. But without further ado, here is John Egan. John, what's up, man? How are you, Matt? It's good to see you, man. So good to see you. It's been a while and your hair has gotten a lot longer since I last saw you. Yes. Well, COVID began that um, situation. And then I decided just to keep it going. You have to kind of get through the awkward stage. Yeah, there is the awkward um, stage. For and sure. I, some would, some would argue and my, my wife would probably argue that I'm still in the awkward stage. No, um, but I think I, you're past that. <laughs> yeah. It's I when you've got this little like mullet it. thing going on here. Like I'm kind of entering the awkward stage here pretty soon, but, uh, <laughs> I do get you though, in that once well, you grow, once you start growing it out, you gotta just like keep going. You can't you can't stop. And here's here's the, here's kind of the the backstory. It's we were in you know in the pandemic hit, we were all shut down. Churches were shut down, uh, and then it was. I mean, not to go too serious too quick, but it's like there was the streets were filled with like protests that were going on. There was all kinds of racial uh, complications that were happening or still happening. And someone says, someone, my, it was my dad. My dad said, he was encouraging me. He's like, John, keep singing songs to Jesus. Now it's the, six, it's the 60s all over again. It's happening. And he said, yeah. the, the streets are full of violence, vitriol. The political scene is chaotic. And then there's a bunch of long-haired hippies inside the church singing songs to Jesus. And it just inspired me. And yeah. I... I, so I was just like, I'm just going to keep growing up my hair just to kind of honor what something my dad said, like almost in passing. But uh, it's just kind of my nod at, all right, the Jesus movement, the, the people that were within the church kind of just singing love songs to God while there was so much. The opposite of love was happening so much outside. Uh, so this is kind of uh, oh. this is my my 70s, my 60s. Man, I love that because my parents both grew up. Well, they were in San Diego in like the 60s, 70s mm-hmm. during the Jesus movement, like in Southern California. Yeah. And I just hear stories from them all the time of like their, you know, worship circles that they would do on the beach. Hundreds of people would just gather yeah. around like a bonfire on the beach and they'd be doing baptisms in the ocean and. Or just even if you go back and listen to some of those old worship recordings from like Maranatha and like Calvary Chapel, Southern California, man, there's just such a tenderness and sweetness to those songs and that worship. I still listen to it constantly. I actually have a playlist on my uh, Apple Music of just the really old school stuff because there's something 
there's nothing like it, honestly. There's yeah. nothing like it today that it was a special time. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm 42 years old. How old are you, Matt? I'm 37. Okay. So we, we have like kind of our generation. Yeah. We, so Vineyard, you mentioned Maranatha, Vineyard. Vineyard. I grew up in the Vineyard. My dad was a Vineyard pastor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Because a lot of like worship before that, like 50, in the 50s, early 60s, was um, a lot of it was real like um, a mighty fortress is our God. Victor, totally. Victor Jesus and the Vineyard guys, they weren't saying no to that. They're saying yes. And how about we kind of simplify? Let's play some acoustic guitars and let's let's sing to Jesus like we really know him. Let's sing to Jesus yeah. like he's near. Uh, yeah. So that movement really impacted uh, my life as well. Yeah, the songs were very personal. I still sing a lot of them yeah. to my daughter every night when I when we, like at nighttime. You know, like. Just like yeah. I love you, Lord, or um, you know, bless as a deer, panted forth as a deer, man. Yeah, there's just so many good ones. Bro. So, and it's not like there aren't yeah. good songs now, but there was just something special about that time. And so I do think that you're right. It was a time though when people were there was revival happening. You know, the Jesus yeah. movement was a it was a revival happening. Young people were getting it saved was, radically, yeah. changing their lives. And you were you were singing for your life. Um, and yeah. I think that's that's what shaped my worship so much is that it's I'm not singing because I love these songs. I'm, I mean, you're, when you're singing for your life, when you're when you want an answer, when you want an antidote or something, you know, that kind of goes the opposite way of what you're seeing out in culture yeah. or seeing in the world. Uh, that's what those guys were tapping tapping into. And I think it's what we're tapping into again is in, in worship culture. Um, that's really been a, a blast to see. So people are singing again for their lives. Like, no, this is a, this is real. This is more than an industry. It's more than a genre. Yeah. Um, if we don't have, if we don't have this, we, we, you know, we, we yeah. die. And I think the pandemic was a huge part of that because it was, it was the first time in a long time that, that the world, especially the Western world, especially Americans, um, I'll pick on just us, you know, like it's the first time in a long time that we realize we're not in control. Yeah. Um, so then it begs the question, it's like, well, okay, then who kind of has a say? And that's why a lot of people return back to faith. Yeah. That's been cool. That's so good. So what, yeah. uh, taking it just a little lighter, just for a second, what's your favorite like old school worship song? I'll start with my, my the one that's like hitting yeah. me really right now is, um, Father, we love you. We praise you. Mm -hmm. We adore you. <laughs> glorified so our name and all the that one yeah. i'm like digging that one right now that is so good i okay i've been doing we'll do like these worship nights here and i'll do like a little 10 15 minute segment of just old campfire yeah. songs that like were altar songs for me when i was young so to your question so some of it was like draw me close to you yeah. never let me go you know, that you're all I oh, want, that, uh, or Refiner's Fire. Yeah. Refiner's Fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy. Um, so and then, like, not as thrown back, but kind of in that world is breathe. This is the yeah. air I breathe. Oh, man. Oh, man. Those are all the good, like, early 90s. That's good stuff. Yeah. Man. Well, so, so John, um, we've met in person maybe twice, but I heard you speak 
at a conference called Refuel in Northern Indiana. I think it was in like 2019. It was definitely before the pandemic. Yeah, it was. And, and you gave a talk to a room full of like a thousand worship leaders. And, yeah. uh, and you gave this talk about, well, it was about a lot of different things, but it was mainly about like the idolization of worship, the yeah. struggle of comparison that worship leaders can feel. You talked a little bit about the fatherhood of, or like yeah. we need worship fathers to be coaching younger worship leaders who are coming in. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of young new worship leaders that maybe are trying to look the part, play the role. Yeah. You know, they can sing great. They can play a set list like no one, Yeah, but maybe yeah. they, maybe they don't understand actually like the theology or like the, why we are leading worship and the pastoral side of it. And so we need worship fathers. You kind of talked about a lot of that and it really impacted me. And I thought we've got to get you on to talk a little bit about that because you've got cool. something you. in there that's uh, mm-hmm. very special that needs to be heard. So I'm wondering, could you spend maybe the next like five to 10 minutes, however long you want to go, honestly. Yeah. And just give us a little bit, like give a little mini talk about that rehash yeah. some of that stuff. Kind of sum it up. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I do remember that that event. And when they asked me to speak at that, they were saying, as we're talking about, we're looking at like a thousand worship leaders and, and worship uh, pastors and volunteers, and which is it's just right up my alley. I just want to I want to get in front of as many worship leaders as I can to, so we could do this thing together and and warn each other of the pitfalls. And and the whole thing about idols, like you mentioned, idols, um, it's. So in, in the book of Acts 17, Paul, who's kind of like this spiritual dad, he's a spiritual father, which I think is a big antidote to the stuff that we see a lot in worship culture. So we need to step into father, fatherhood and motherhood um, because it's what God is doing from the I mean, from Genesis to Revelation. He's not building leaders. God's not building performers. He's not building rock stars. He's not building um, he's not even building gifts, though there are gifts. He's building a family. Um, and the scriptures talk about that a lot, but it's something that we don't tap into a, as much because it's not as glamorous. But but one of the things that happens is Paul is kind of this spiritual dad character that we should try to imitate. Um, he's he's in Athens waiting. He's actually waiting on some of his younger. So say Paul's worship leader. He's waiting on some of his team, you know, and, and Timothy and Silas. And he's in Athens and he's while he's there waiting, he wasn't even there really to do ministries. They're, they're waiting. And he just is what they say. The scriptures say that his heart was really troubled by all the idols in the t- in town, basically. And the, so for me, like, I think something about when I turned I'm 42 now and I turned 40. I don't know. Maybe there was like a time of permission giving from God to kind of have eyes a bit more open and to speak a bit more boldly. Um to, to the idols, to the unique idols. And so I think at that conference, what I was saying, it's like, we are in this culture, whether we want to be or not, we're, we're, this is our time. We're, we're, you know, we are the people on the earth right now. And so to impact culture, we have to be aware of its unique idols. And so, you know, it's, it's refreshing to, to just name, you know, I heard a therapist once say that, that it's impossible to heal from anything you, that you refuse to name. Um, so when I want when I want to name idols, it's I hope I don't ever want to come across as a, with a critical spirit. It's a spirit. It's a love. It's a love that I feel for what Jesus is doing on the earth, especially with worship. Um, it's a passion to see us uh, worship in the way that the scriptures talk about us worshiping. It's a, to see the, the spirit of uh, truth 
spirit and truth and to see acceptable worship like the scriptures talk about in the book of Hebrews. You know, when when the scriptures talk about acceptable worship, that means there's kind of an unacceptable, you know. So I think it's it's important for us to see the unique idols that we're surrounded by. So that's what I was talking about at that conference. And and what we, we touched on on stuff that, that we all see and we're all trying to name, but we're also trying to figure out how to solve or try to work with. And, um, and it's a journey. You know, we're all pilgrims. You know, and the, the book of Psalms has this great 15 psalm stretch that we're all pilgrims, like ascending into the, you know, into the basically into the city of God. And it takes time. And it, it's not like, hey, I, I'm, I've come here with five things to fix celebrity yeah. culture. It's not, it's not, that is not even, I don't even think the Jesus way. I think Jesus is like kind of a slow burn. The life of, of God is a, a journey on the long road of obedience. And, um, but I think here we are in, with an opportunity to name these things. Um, so, yeah, you can name celebrity culture. You can name uh, personality driven leaders who, um, who are filling stadiums with, you know, because of who they are. Um, and you just see in worship uh, industry and in, you see and I've, I'm kind of um, I've been writing songs and releasing songs for for almost 20 years. And I've seen uh, the pressure in my own life to do photo shoots a certain way, to look a certain way, to um, to act a certain way. And I think you see a lot of 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 worship leaders that are chosen. Now you have a movement. So churches are exploding. So the churches are being planted at quite a rate, but you have worship leaders not being trained as fast as churches are being planted. So what you ended up, what ends up happening is you have a generation of worship leaders. See, when I was, when I started off 20 years ago, it was, how do you be a worship pastor? How do we serve our church? And people used to ask me that 20 15, 20 years ago, like, oh, I want to do what you do. I want to, I want to write songs and be a worship pastor. Matt, in the last, in the last five to eight years, and and to today, the question I get is not how do I write songs for my church and be a worship pastor. More and more, it's how do I become a worship artist? How do yeah. I become a worship, um, you know, a figure? Um, and obviously, social media plays into this stuff, and also in in, in the networks that we could pull from, and how clicks mean something and Spotify won't place your song unless this there's algorithms at play. So it's a real scary thing when then you look at what the scriptures talk about as being acceptable. Um, but that's one of the idols I see. And, you know, I don't want to be the 40, I don't want to be like an old curmudgeon, like, Hey kids watch out. But at the same time, it's like, I love, I love this. I love what Jesus is doing on around the world with worship. I love what he's doing with the church. And I do want to voice some of these things so that we could be we could be careful. But, you know, I think about and this is not new. This is not this is stuff that happened in the scriptures. This, I mean, people put up these idols long before the year 2020. Um, you know, I, I think one of the great meta- analogies that we could draw from from scripture of what we're doing today is, you know, the nation of Israel just was dying to have a king like they were built people are built to want to have a personality lead them they're built mm-hmm. to want to have and they were di- they were dying for a king so they wanted to elect Saul and if you look at the, the way the scriptures talk about Saul he was tall he was he looked a certain way 
Um, and then when they were when the prophets pushed back and say, why do you need a king? Why do you want a king? Their answer was because everyone else has one. Mm. And you see churches being planted at this alarming rate. Worship leaders may be a little behind in their training, but it doesn't matter. Just get the worship leader that sounds right. You mentioned it earlier. That looks right. right. That kind of has that saw thing. Well, why do you want that? Don't, wouldn't you want a more seasoned, shepherding, pastoral? Um, to, well, we have to keep up. Everyone's got a hot worship leader. Oh, <laughs> the, man. You know, yeah. This Spotify and iTunes are just full of stuff that's being released constantly. And if you look at who's releasing it, it's by some really cool people. Yeah. And and legit, I know a lot of these people. They are so cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they and honestly, bro, like there's an underbelly to every world, but I know so many of the worship leaders and, and, and guys who are writing songs, they are really cool guys and they may look the part, but they don't want to be there because they look the part. But we, we have a generation of even pastors who are hiring for the look for the sound. And there's a million yeah. songs being written. So you don't have to create anything. You just have to basically sing this good song. Well, and yeah. that is becoming powerful worship. That's supposed to shepherd our people. To me, that's an idol, and it's something that we need to name, and we need to slow it down, and and we need worship leaders to be more thoughtful. We need worship leaders to be mindful of 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 the scriptures, you know, and yeah, and how how to shepherd people through worship. Like you said earlier, yeah, they could lead a set, and they really can. Twenty minutes, I need twenty minute set, and that language even they could lead a set. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I started going, we never called it a set. That's funny yeah. language that is kind That's of true. brought come and come into the church. And it's like worldly language. You know, it's like, hey, how's yeah. the set? How was the set? Interesting, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've got a 13 year old son who's playing drum. He's a great drummer. He's playing in our youth band. And is we've had awesome conversations because he'll ask me that after church. Hey, dad, how was the set? You know, yeah. like, hmm. And I know what he means. He's not meaning any harm or, and, but it's those little things that could kind of be like, what? It's like the fox in the vineyard, right? It's one fox, mm-hmm. but it could kind of spoil things. Um, so, anyway, so the antidote, and I know I'm going a little, I'm trying to just sum up that talk, but the antidote was, um, is to step into true. So, the Bible calls it discipleship discipling others, being, being people worth imitating. And what happened, what we have here with this kind of worship rock star culture, what we have to be careful of. Um, and again, I, I don't want to say this stuff and you start picturing people because that is judgment. And that is like, you know, you don't know, we don't know people and pe- you might look at me, Matt, uh, or you yeah. and say, Oh, these guys are young guys and they think they're rock stars. This is a slippery slope. We're not here to judge, but I think what ends up happening, if we don't tap into building family, like, like God builds a family, if we don't tap into discipleship, what ends up happening is that what God did in us ends with us. So what mm-hmm. God has done in us dies with us if we don't pass it on. And then when you pass it on to people, you realize who you really are because you don't pass on what you want you don't pass on your intentions. It's like, 
Um, you don't, you don't pass on, well, I didn't mean to draw all this attention to myself and build my own personal brand and my build my own kingdom. You don't pass that on your intention. You do pass on who you are, not what you're trying to be. And so when you realize that, and when you really take people along the journey with you, it kind of starts to change things. And so that's what the challenge I was bringing was it's time to disciple people. It's time to build a family. And, and one of the things, I don't know if I talked about it at this talk, but when God talks about discipleship in the book of Acts, it's all throughout the book of Acts. He's talking about discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. Um, and then after the book of Acts, that term discipleship completely goes away and it becomes family language. And so the, the crux of this, like the big crux of this is Paul in first Corinthians four talks about, you have 10,000 teachers. You have, you have 10,000 instructors, which really just means like a bajillion. You just have an endless supply of, here's the way I look at this. You have an endless supply of songs. You have an endless supply of song leaders. You have an endless supply of performers, performers and, and impressive professionals. But what you lack, he says, is fathers and mothers. So he's basically saying, you have all these things, a bajillion good things, but they're not doing the job. It's not working completely. You need fathers and mothers. And when you get fathers and mothers and when you, when you start to step into what that looks like, it just kind of undoes some of the idols in the land, I think. You know? So, um, yeah. You know what's I mean, I sad, keep, you know, you know what's sad John, is... <clears throat> Saying that's so good about needing fathers and worship. Mm. And what's sad is it seems to me like there is a shelf life for worship leaders. Mm -hmm. So worship leaders, you know, worship pastors are at a church for like 30 years. You hit your like <laughs> late forties, fifties, and you're let go yeah. because you're bringing, they're bringing on the new young, like 18 year old who's dresses cool and looks yeah, cool no more, and sounds cool. No longer relevant. Yeah. But they're not a uh, father. And the fathers are getting kind of like kicked out in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that you, that's if when you, when you have fathers and sons or mothers and sons and daughters, um, you have succession. You definitely have succession. Like I've heard someone say, like, we all say it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And then this guy said, this guy said, it's not, it's not a marathon either. Actually, it's a relay race. And, if you get to the end of your marathon and you're, you're done, that's it. You, you actually, it's actually a loss. It's actually a failure unless you have someone to hand it off to. Mm. Uh, Cause then it's all about you. It's all about yeah. your race. And that's the issue that we have in, in culture is that it's all about my race. So if it's like six, you know, success, we all want success and we all want godly success, but success, even godly success without succession, without someone to take it is actually failure. Um, and you're right. It's these guys are moved out. Maybe they hit their 40s, 50s, whatever they're moved out. But I think one of the reasons they're moved out, um, it's, it is an issue with culture, but it's also an issue. They didn't have someone imitating them. They didn't have someone coming up that they could hand it to. Uh, because, yeah. I, you know, I I look forward to, you know, I'm 42 years old and I love leading worship. And But I look forward to getting to an age where. I have some guys, some, some gals that have, are coming up. I mean, I, this kid, Victor, who I, 
who I love and help disciple and work with him. I was just in the studio with him yesterday working on his vocals and like watch out for these habits and stuff like that. I wish I had that, you know, it's like one day I can't wait for Victor to be the one who's leading more than I'm leading, but it doesn't disqualify me at all. I have this wonderful role of shepherding and fathering that could go till I'm 80, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that for me, I for sure had somebody who was older who actually saw something in me and was like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to play guitar. I'm going to teach you how to, you know, (laughs) put a worship time together, you know, and how to rehearse a band. And, you know, we all need someone to actually believe in us and pour into us. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if that person wouldn't have done that. His name was Micah. Right. And uh, I don't even know if he's leading worship anymore, but I wouldn't be doing what I've been doing if he didn't do that. So it's huge. What do you think? So worshiping an idol, what are, do you think some of the warning signs for a worship leader or a church worship ministry that worship has become an idol? Yeah. Good question. I mean, I think, I think when you have, uh, when you have a lot of stage people who aren't uh, equipped to shepherd, uh, equipped to pastor moments. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of performers. Um, Do you have pastors? And, you know, it's funny that even worship leader is not even in the script. The term is not even a scriptural thing. There's no worship leaders. Um, There are, there are different kind of the fivefold ministry. And we have a worship school here and we talk about that. It's like, you know, which was, what's the Lord kind of gifted you in prophet teacher, you know, uh, apostolic shepherd, uh, or sorry, evangelist. And so I think I'd watch out for, for you watch out for great performers, but a uh, little, uh, pastoring, uh, I'd watch out for competitive cultures, uh, backbiting. Um, you know, think about, um, think about, I talked about this at that event. Um, uh, it was, a it was worship that brought about the first murder that we could read about in the scriptures. Uh, do you have a young team that's kind of murdering each other? Not, not literally, but um, kind of um, verbally um, with Cain and Abel, that's what happened. And God ex- it seemed to accept this type of worship, but didn't accept Cain's worship. Cain couldn't handle that. He ended up killing his brother. Uh, are we doing that? Then you move into Jacob and Esau Um this is a big one with uh, Jacob putting on Esau's clothing to get a blessing. I mean, how much do you see that in today, today's worship industry of trying to look a certain way to get the blessing yeah. of God? And um, so, yeah, it's um, I think what when you're in when you're noticing that like people aren't completely being who they are, those are some warning signs. Um, when you notice that when someone's in a room full of twelve people leading worship for them like it's 12,000. <laughs> That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> when someone's in, a, in front of 12,000 acting like there's 12 people. That's yeah. awkward. There's a lack of awareness that's happening. There's a lack of kind of understanding of how to, to lead people that's happening. There's a putting on of clothes that are not yours that is, yeah. uh, is happening. I think when um, you could look at people that don't have people imitating them, um, like Paul talks about, imitate me. Uh, follow me as I follow Christ. I think if you have big leaders, if like, okay, who, great. You're an awesome leader. You're anointed. You're strong. Uh, who's coming up uh, under you that you're cheering for, that you're helping. If that, if there's nobody, uh, I'd be mindful of that. Uh, I think there's a lot of churches who 
a lot of pastors, a lot of pastors who don't make disciples. So they end up handing the churches off one day to, they don't have anyone to hand it off to. So they end up handing it off to, they're like their sons, you know, mm-hmm. or their daughters. And that's good. Disciple, you got to disciple your kids. And that's, there's probably a lot of, a lot of Jesus in that, but there's also, that's how also happening because you're not discipling. So even pastors, like who's kind of imitating you, who's, who's uh, coming up alongside of you. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. Those are kind of warning signs of, um, yeah, I think too, like to be, if you're echoing everyone else, like, what do you, what do you want to say over your own city? What do you want to say over your own church? I think all songwriters should attempt to write some songs, you know, and, all, all worship mm-hmm. leaders should attempt to write some songs. And, um, I think that's a, it's a, it would be a warning sign too, if you're just awesome at imitating. <laughs> yeah. But you should create. The struggle with comparison is huge as well of comparing mm-hmm. your church to another church on social media or your worship leading to another worship leader or trying yeah. to be, maybe, maybe it's imitating, you know, trying to be Joel Houston or trying to yeah. be John Egan, yeah. <laughs> you know, or yeah. like, mm-hmm. What would you say to a worship leader who's really struggling with comparison, who feels like they're yeah. not measuring up? Right. I would say I would just say there's a, the reason that you're yeah the reason that you're feeling that is because you're not convinced that who you are is is enough. Um, and I would say there there is growth that needs to happen with you. There is um, there is. Um, kind of a sharpening of your skills that needs to happen, but you're losing sight of, of you becoming somebody else is not the issue. It's just growing is the issue. And there's, there's an amazing amount of, of peace that comes with being plugged into a family, being plugged into a church and people who know you uh, because believe me, the rock stars of our generation that are plugged into a church, they're not rock stars everywhere. They're not rock stars at their church. They're, mm-hmm. they're pastors, they're men and women of God that are serving. And, um, so I would say, I would tell these people, like, you, you are, there's something in you that feels that they're not enough. And there is growth that needs to happen. But let's talk through that. Let's figure out what, what it is that's in you that's not feeling enough. Because God isn't just not calling you to imitate. He's not calling you to echo. He's calling you to originate. He's calling you to be a voice. Um, but then... I would encourage that person too to to disciple. I would I would encourage that person to become like to become what Jesus talks about to to eventually become even a young person to become kind of a father, become kind of a mother. And then when you have people that that you're looking to that are looking to you to imitate you, and you realize I can o- I can only pass on what I am, that helps expose the stuff that's really inside of you. Um. And I think with discipleship, too, one of the great things is that it's not about you succeeding. It's actually about them succeeding. Um, Where is it enough for you to see the person you're pouring into have all the things that you dream? And, you know, there's this kind of discipleship square we talk about in our worship school, which is basically like I do, you watch. And then it's I do, you help. And then it's you do, I help. And then the ultimate win is you do, I watch. You do, I cheer. I cheer mm-hmm. you on. Um, so when you say like that's the ascent, that's where you're headed, you're not headed to more success for yourself. You're actually headed to you helping others 
and then you cheering on others, it kind of changes the narrative. It changes, it shapes the whole thing differently. Of, I'm not going to be this person. I'm not going to be that person. It's like, well, you're actually meant to just pass on who you are. Yeah. And it's not even about your own success. It's about the success of others. That's really good. It seems like it would be challenging for a worship leader to swim upstream in the way that yeah. we've set up our churches, our, the worship industry. You know, if someone is a worship artist or a worship leader, they write songs, they're wanting to release music, or maybe they're wanting to release music through their church. It almost seems like the system that we've created helps propel this whole idolization of worship and idolization yeah. of worship, celebrity worship artists. And it would be really challenging to swim upstream from that, to, mm -hmm. to go a different way because almost going a different way means that maybe your songs aren't ever going to get heard or your worship album that your church releases is never going to get heard. Or you're not going to get enough streams on Spotify. And like, it just seems like a very challenging task and it's almost yeah. like worship leaders are set up for failure in that, that we've kind of created a system that does idolize worship. And how do we change yeah. that? How do we, because yeah. I do know that a lot of worship pastors, you know, there's good intentions. It's not idolization. It really right. is a love right. to serve, a love to just worship, to lead people to the, to the Lord and through song. Um, but they're given 19 and a half minutes to lead yeah. a worship set and then you need to stick on the tracks and you need to, um, yeah. I don't know, produce a single for your church or whatever. I just don't know. It seems like a very challenging task to do otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think that's, I think that's what makes the opportunity so beautiful. Um, I think we have to redefine, we have to redefine what we're doing. Um, and, um, I think of like the, you know, the priest, you've heard, uh, the priesthood of all believers, this, this term that we've, we've talked about before is so the culture we live in the uphill climb, the upstream thing that you're finding is that, is that we've put the four on this four foot platform on a stage. We hire professional priests to come and do the work for us. We, you do the heavy lifting. Um, and then we we advertise it. Look who is leading worship this Sunday, John Egan. Yeah. And for those who who like the aroma that, that comes off my life in worship leading, they could decide, I'll go to that. Um, it's happening everywhere. We're, we're, and it's okay to enjoy the aroma that comes off someone's life as they as they lead, but the problem comes, here's where the problem comes. You could be attracted to a place because you like what's happening on that stage because you like the aroma that comes off their life. But when it's, when God has called us all to the priesthood, there's no professional priests and layman priests. This is all of ours to carry. And instead of, so we have, we have kind of, we've kind of established this culture. We're like, let the, we'll take care of everything for you. Even the sacrifice of worship, we'll take care of everything. Even the poor, like, you know, when Mary pours out her year's worth, you know, year's worth of uh, perfume, 
on Jesus, it's it, it, it releases an aroma in the room and people were there judging it like, oh, that was good or that was bad. Or, that was a waste. That was great. Um, it's so it's so similar to how we do worship now. It's like, oh, I like this worship guy. I like this worship leader, this worship gal, the way she sings. Um, or I don't like it. And you could decide if you could decide to not go to that church because of that. What the, the sad part that we need to help redefine is that your response to that, the aroma of that person's extravagance is not your own extravagance. It's their extravagance. Yeah. And we have let people think that they have broken so, something open costly because we did it. Yeah. And that is the uphill climb for worship leaders is to actually lovingly, I heard um, Brian Zahn said this once, is we have to lovingly disappoint this over-entertained consumer culture. We have to yeah. disappoint them gently. We have to lovingly let them down and say, I am going to give my all up here on this stage. I'm not going to, we're all on a four foot platform. We're not going to destroy the platform. I'm here so you could, I could help lead you, but it's you who's supposed to break something open. That's costly. It's you that is meant to carry the presence of God on their back just as much as I am. It's you. And mm. that will bring disappointment to, I thought you were the paid professional. I thought you were the trained guy that did it for me it's like no no i'm yeah. not <laughs> yeah um, sorry that's that took me a I was, bit to get there but. no i know exactly what you're saying that's something i've actually been thinking about the past week or so in that i wonder if we've kind of taken uh, kind of taken it a little bit too seriously in that if we are looking for the best vocalist and the best electric guitar player the best bass player we actually end up yeah. excluding a lot of people. Like imagine someone walking yeah. up to your church stage and be like, Hey, I want to, I really just want to serve. And like, I play bass and, but you audition them and maybe they're just not like an A player. They're yeah. a B player. And so right. you just exclude them. And you're like, well, you're not good enough to play in our team. Yeah. And it's the most like un community, like non, <laughs> it's the yeah. most anti community thing you could do because right. you're just looking for like this high, high, uh, you know, professional player, but you end up excluding yeah. people. Yeah. And so we end up making it about the music instead of the people. So I love yeah. what you're saying there about almost we have to like lovingly disappoint. Um, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And I think there's ways, I mean, there's ways to keep the excellence high. There's ways to yeah. keep the bar bar high, but like we have all kinds of ways to in, get involved. I mean, we have, we have yeah. a, I think choirs like. Yeah, man. A, choirs is, I, is, is just back. They're back. I love I choirs. Love that. And I think that's a way to people who are just burning to be involved with worship. Because you really yeah. do, you can help lovingly disappoint someone saying, like, okay, you, yeah. you want to rock out on a solo. Yeah. We're inviting you to a family. Yeah. Um, Man, when I led worship for a junior high ministry, I would have kids mm -hmm. all the time come up and say they want to sing on the worship team. And I had, yeah. I instead assembled a choir of like 30 middle schoolers and they would mm -hmm. be up on stage once a month like singing and leading the church and that's awesome your friends loved it you know i mean it was awesome because it was just like this huge massive group of middle schoolers and they all get to serve oh I so i have that, bro we've gone a little bit over time but i have one question that uh, yeah. came up live so we had a question from a viewer peter and he's just wondering if there are any resources maybe a book or training maybe a podcast conferences that you would recommend for a worship leader who want to cultivate this idea of you know a fatherly pastoral yeah priestly role 
Yeah. Um, so I would look up my friend Aaron Keys um, started a worship school called um, 10,000 Fathers 10, and Mothers. Um, and based on kind of this, this idol, this issue, uh, I've, I've admired it from afar and have been talking about this idea be, even before I met him. And now he actually, they just moved to Colorado Springs. So it's actually the worship school that we partner with here. Uh, so I helped teach at that school. And so I would look up that school and all the many resources that comes with that school. I would go to that school. I actually went through it myself. It's an 18 month program. Um, but it, there's books like, okay, so Mike Breen has a book called uh, Making a Discipleship Culture, which talks a lot about this. Um, I would read that. I, Henry Nowen has a book called In the Name of Jesus, which is talking about what really is God raising up in, as leaders right now and, and, and restoring kind of the leader who just, who mm-hmm. loves Jesus. <laughs> I yeah. mean, don't you love that? It's, what is God yeah. doing with leaders? Is, is he strategizing a new model? Is he strategizing a new way of talking? He, no, he is raising up leaders of pe- leaders that just truly love Jesus, who truly know him even, um, to know him and to love him. Uh, so I would look up that book. Um, Henry, any, any had known stuff. He also has, has a book called Reaching Out, which talks about hospitality and how we host people well and, uh, in fathering and mothering. Um, yeah, that's, those are a few really good resources. That's awesome. Great question. Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to check out those. Thanks Peter for the question, John, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and share your heart. I love your pastoral heart. I've, uh, man, I've only seen you lead worship one time and it was actually at that conference. And man, I just remember it being just electric, dude. You pulled back. You did. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Yeah. And, yeah. It was super old school. Oh, but the old delirious oh. days, man. Yeah. Those guys shaped yeah. so much of who I am. Yeah. That's a special album too, though. What was it called? Yeah. Uh, Cutting Edge. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. But I just love your heart, man, for uh, worship pastors. And I'd love to make Thanks, it back man. out to new life in Colorado Springs someday. But Bro, you've got too many friends out here now not to come and see us. I know. You've got Eddie and Andy. Tell them all mm-hmm. I said hello, all right? I will for sure. Awesome, man. Yeah. All right, John. See you soon. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. See ya. All right. Awesome uh, interview with John Egan there from New Life Worship, New Life Church in Colorado Springs. Uh, If you haven't heard John's music, go check him out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get music. Just search John Egan. You'll find it. Um, I actually should have asked them too, if there's, if they're doing any new music at our new life, but I'm sure they are. So maybe just search that as well, but, um, really great stuff there. So I'd encourage you to also check out those books that he recommended. Maybe we can put those down in the description of this video, uh, for you to go check those out. Because I think for me as a worship leader, the ways that I've grown the most, um, have been from books. And, uh, I know that's not for everybody, but those are some really, really great resources that he threw out there. So make sure you check those out. And uh, anyways, thanks for joining us for Loop Live. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, make sure you hit the subscribe or like button wherever it is. And uh, we'll see you next time on Loop Live. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt McCoy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hey, it means so much to us when you let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments 
what you learned from this episode, anything else that you found encouraging from this episode. Glad you guys are listening to the podcast. Hope to provide to you a lot of helpful content as you lead worship. See you soon. Thank you.